Simmons fly ball shallow left back is Cosmo. He'll take it. He'll call. Oh, it's gonna drop. It falls. Miscommunication. And the bases are loaded, and Box can't believe it. They're calling it an infield fly rule. You cannot call that no, an infield no fly rule. No way. Too deep. He wasn't camped. Welcome in, guys, to Infield Fly. We're back after uh, an extended absence for Christmas break and uh, the holiday season. Um, I've had a, a great Christmas hanging out with my family. Just got back to Cookville today. Uh, we wanted to try and get a show out. A pretty big weekend coming up with uh, basically a de facto playoff game for the Titans versus the Colts Sunday, college football playoff. Starting tomorrow, bowl games going on, lots of baseball moves that we missed in the past couple weeks. Um, so we want to try and get a quick show out for you guys. Blake, how's it going today, man? Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, uh, it was pretty great. Um, if you guys can hear me a little better, I did invest into a new mic. So thanks to uh, mom and dad for that one. Um, living the dream over here in Hampshire. But no, man, it's it's. I know we'll get into this a little bit, but we've been out for. I guess it's been two weeks since we recorded just about. Um, and it seemed like the MLB front office people heard that we were down. So they decided <laughs> to make all their moves while we were right. down to give us more to talk about. So, right. so yeah, you sound really good. Like I'm not going to lie. It sounds amazing. Uh, you should just uh, start a studio for us in your new house. Right. right. There. I'm going to have to invest in one of those probably. Um, but just to kick off today, we're going to talk about the uh, MLB, like I said, a bunch of moves being made, talk about the Titans game, a little bit about the rest of the NFL, pretty big weekend for a lot of teams, um, and then we'll make our picks for who we think should get all the end-of-the-season awards, um, and then we'll talk a little basketball, uh, but mainly probably uh, mainly probably MLB and Titans today. Um, but just to get started, I guess the biggest, the biggest thing that happened was the – uh, Reds Dodgers trade, I would say. Um, Reds got Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Alex Wood, and Kyle Farmer from the Dodgers for Homer Bailey and their number eight and 13 prospect. Um, I'm a little confused as the, I know the Reds, I guess they're trying to compete this year, but I don't think that Puig and Alex Wood are going to make that big of a difference on a team that lost 95 games. And you just gave up uh, 12 years of control and two pretty decent prospects for one-year contracts on all these guys. Um, what did you think about that move as far as the Reds go? Uh, it was very head-scratching. I kind of – you know, if there's more moves to be made by the Reds here, like if they go out and get a Dallas Keuchel – yeah. and an A.J. Pollock, then this move kind of would make some more sense because they still haven't solved who's going to play center. Yeah, You know, they let Billy Hamilton walk. They non-tendered him. So I don't know if they're going to throw Puig out there in center, which would be fun to watch, or if they're going to go with Winkler or uh, – I can't – I don't know how to pronounce the, their other outfielder's name. Shebler, I think is how you say it. Shebler. Yeah. Well, what I read was that they were going to put – Puig and Wright, and essentially that, 
and push Shebler out and have Winker be their everyday left fielder. So I have no idea who's going to play center. Like yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I do like the addition of Alex Wood. I know he's – Yeah. Now, he's a free agent after this year, I believe. He is. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So, I like, the, I like getting Wood. I think they needed another pitcher. And we've seen what Alex Wood can do out of the rotation. Yeah. Kemp, um, I think he was kind of just a throw-in to get uh, these other two guys. You know, they gave up Jeter Downs, her number eight prospect. And I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the Reds' farm system, but I know, you know, they have some – Topper echelon talent with Trammell and Sinzel. Yeah. So it's not like they're that was, you know, a guy they were banking on to be one of their leaders of the future. You know, they've got their shortstop slash third baseman and Sinzel, and they've got another good outfielder. And maybe Trammell factors into that center field. I hadn't thought about that. Possibly. Because he's very close. I uh, believe he played some triple A last year. Yeah, he may be he may be if not ready, he's definitely close. Right. And uh I predicted Keiko to go to them, you know, in our in my preseason or pre postseason predictions. I yeah. still think that's a very likely thing to happen. I, I mean, look at Casilla and or Castilla and Maui, two of their young uh, young arms that they're using. Mm-hmm. I mean, throwing Wood, then you throw in a Keiko, you know, two really good left-handed pitchers. That that makes more sense for kind of what they did with this deal, trying to compete. Yep. I don't think they're done here because if they stopped at this, it, it's very head scratching. Yeah, um, and they they got Tanner Roark too from the Nationals. Right. So, I mean, their rotation already is much improved over what it was last. Right. Year. That's been their weak spot. But as far as the Dodgers go, um, I mean, we all kind of can see what this is alluding to. They're going to release Homer Bailey. Uh, his he had possibly the worst contract in the majors. Right. He's going to be released, probably career, possibly over. Um, but they clear up the outfield logjam, and they have options now, um, whether it be they go sign Bryce Harper. I know that's what you think that's going to happen, and it's mm-hmm. probably a very good chance of that. Um, they just added two more prospects to a deep farm. Maybe they use those to get JT Real Muto. Or Kluber. Or Kluber. That was my next uh, name. So. <clears throat> Or maybe they sign AJ Pollock, but they have uh, they have a lot of options right now. So. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, it didn't clear up a ton of money for the future. It cleared up some money this year because Puig was expected to get around ten or eleven million in arbitration. Kemp, you know, had a fat contract that ended after this year, so I think it opens up the money for this year. Um, but they're still going to have to do some moving around for the next few years if they're going to stay under the luxury and sign Bryce Harper, which I think they will. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you think of their outfield could potentially have Harper, Verdugo, and some combination of uh, Chris, Chris Taylor and Jock Peterson. Yeah. So that's pretty. That's a pretty healthy outfield. It's solid. The rich get richer, as they say. Right. But- I will say, uh, getting rid of Wood, I think, hurts them a little bit because mm-hmm. their their rotation has some question marks. You know, we've seen Kershaw's health has not been uh, top notch like it has been, and you always have Reuse coming off shoulder, and you never know what you're going to get out of Kenta Maeda. So, I think that leaves a little bit of a question mark in their rotation, which they have a lot of young guys. I mean, um, they got young arms that could probably come up and fill that hole, but we'll see. We'll right. see what happens. Um, another move in the NL Central, 
was Andrew Miller going to the Cardinals, which I absolutely love as a Cardinals fan. I'm not sure this offseason could have gone better so far for St. Louis. They get a big bat in their lineup with Goldschmidt, and now they get a lefty arm that they have long coveted. I know about uh, five years ago when he signed with uh, the Yankees, I think it was, they tried to get him. Um, and, and Miller is kind of the guy that spearheaded the whole bullpen revolution um, with Cleveland. You know, he, he was their closer, but then in the playoffs they would bring him in just, just whenever they needed to get outs because he's so nasty. And I, I'm very happy with this addition. Um, he was injured a lot of last year. Um, so that's the big question mark is his health. But if he can stay healthy, that gives that gives St. Louis a nasty uh, seventh and eighth inning guy or eighth and ninth inning guy with uh, Jordan Hicks and Andrew Miller. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that addition. What'd you think of that move? I mean, you're right. Andrew Miller did spearhead that kind of revolution of the reliever, um, and he's been one of the best in the game. You know, I have his numbers right here. Since 2014, if we take out last year, you know, because he was injured and we don't know how, how healthy he was, you know, yeah. even when he was pitching. But uh, since 2014, he's had a FIP, which is fielding independent pitching, which basically it's kind of like ERA, but it doesn't earn it. But it takes into account like how good the fielding is behind you. Um, so obviously lower than three, a FIP would be good. Um, but his has been lower than 2.0 every year since 2014. That is um, good <laughs> yeah so i mean i don't know about st louis's defense i know there were some question marks with you talk always talk about jose martinez but we don't foresee yeah. him being there next year but uh i mean he gets people out and he can strike guys out um it'd be interesting kind of is do you think he's going to be their closer going forward or is he going to be that kind of you know four out guy in the seventh and eighth inning and then you bring in hicks to close or how do you think they're going to utilize his talents? I think that right now he will be penciled in as the closer. Gotcha. Not, uh, Hicks is still just 20, 20 or 21 years old. So I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to entrust him with the ninth inning job yet. That could be a mistake, right. but I think if I had to pencil it in right now and say they don't sign the other reliever, which I don't know that that's out of the question. Um, I'd say it would probably be, Miller in the ninth, Hicks in the eighth, and maybe like Huddy or somebody in the seventh. So, which I'm confident in that right there. That's I like that in the back end. But NL Central is getting a little bit scary. <laughs> it's it definitely they're definitely beefing up. Yeah, uh, you're gonna be not far behind. Yeah, it's I don't know what you said right there because you cut out. Oh, okay, I, I was saying. Uh, you know, the Cubs haven't really made a move yet, you know, so yeah. you got to imagine they're going to try to do something. All these other moves that the Reds have made, um, and even the Pirates have made a move, you know, getting Lonnie Chisholm yeah. We're still waiting on the Cubs to do something. So it's a two-year deal, correct, um, with an option for the third year? For Miller? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At eleven million this year and eleven million next or eleven and a half next year. You know, that's that's, that's pretty high dollar, but a shorter deal I guess you can afford. And if you get I mean, and if you get the the Miller that 
is healthy, then I think it's definitely worth it. And as right. far as the defense goes, it got a lot better just with the addition of Goldschmidt because the Cardinals led the league in errors at first base last year with like 20 or something like that between Carpenter and uh, and Martinez. And, and Goldschmidt's a perennial gold glover, so that automatically just – but the right, right side is is gold glove caliber with Wong and him over there. So uh, interesting note about the contract, though. According to SportTrack.com, which is kind of like the go to for all yeah. sports contracts, it's a vesting option for that third year. So if he makes 110 appearances yep. over the span of two years, it's automatically re upped. It, uh, it does have a two and a half million buyout, um, but one would think if he makes that many appearances <laughs> you know, and pitches to what he can, he's a uh, I'll be glad to see that third. Yeah. I mean, 110 over two years, though, you're looking at, what is that, 55 appearances a year? That's yeah. probably going to happen if he's healthy. Likely. So. Very likely. Um, and then a move in the uh, NL East with uh, Anibal Sanchez going over from Atlanta to the Nationals uh, for, uh, what was his, $19 million, I think, was the what? deal? I believe it was. I did not know that. Can you look that up real quick? Yeah, I'll search that if you can Okay. Stall. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And and if it is that, that is a pricey gamble on a guy that of had a good year last year, but the three years before that in Detroit, he was downright awful. Yeah, awful. so it's two years, nineteen million total. Okay. So it's eight and nine for nineteen and twenty. Yeah, um, and then there's a club option for twelve million on twenty twenty one. Okay, so. I, I knew I'd seen nineteen somewhere. I wasn't sure how <laughs> how many years it was, but right. still, I, I think they're definitely taking a gamble that that Sanchez can keep it going from last year, and I, I kind of have my doubts about that. Um, but I guess with the way the Nationals' rotation is, they can afford that risk, and they have one of the best rotations in baseball. Mm-hmm. With, I mean, he uh, slides right in, you know, at a great number four guy. If you look yeah. at what he did last year for the Braves. Absolutely. Um, you know, his batting average against was 209. That's uh, really good. But one thing I will say, the Braves had one of the best defenses in yeah. all of baseball last year. If you look at the metrics, you know, from from across the diamond to even in the outfield with two gold glovers. Um his hang on, let me see what I got here. All right. So his FIP was a little elevated. So like we talked about with FIP, you know, it's fielding independent. Um, I don't have the exact number. So his FIP was actually higher than his ERA. And what that means is uh, basically you pitched, you looked like you pitched really good because the defense was good behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's getting a lot of soft contact. Um, and actually the batting average for balls in play against Anibal Sanchez was 255. Yeah. Anytime you see that number, you know, that low, you know that you're getting soft contact. Right. I mean, it's talking about balls that are in play. You're getting out. You're getting them out almost three fourths of the time. Yeah. So, which I, I think he's pretty much cut out his fastball entirely, and it's just right. He's cutters cutters and cutter, strictly yeah. cutter. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to deceive the hitter, um, and he he's okay with him hitting it. But he doesn't want you to hit it a long way or hard. Right. So, right. And, you know, that's that might be kind of what they need at that four spot. You know, you got Scherzer, who's kind of a strikeout guy. And then you got Corbin, who's really a strikeout guy, too. And then Strasburg, who's a strikeout guy. You know, yeah. kind of mix it up a little bit, you know. 
which have a three game series where you got back to back guys, guys, and then your third game, you got a guy who you have to make an adjustment for now. It's like, oh, he's not trying to strike me out. So I'm not looking for a mistake. He's going to throw me strikes. So I've got to be able to hit him. Yeah. Um, so that's the way Roark was. He was a sinker baller, heavy, heavy sinker, heavy split guy that got a lot of ground balls. So he slots right in there and takes his place. Um, but the Nats are going to have to find somebody to play second base for them. Um, right. Daniel Murphy, he was traded last year anyway, but he heads off to Colorado, and I think he's going to play first base for them. He got uh, two years, $24 million from the Rockies. going to slide over to first, pushing uh, Ian Desmond to the outfield. Um, did you realize Daniel Murphy's career batting average is 300? It's 300? Yeah. No, I didn't. The um, guy is a absolute, just a professional hitter. Everywhere he's, he's good ever hitter. been, he just hits. Right. That makes that Rockies lineup. They replaced DJ LeMahieu with Daniel Murphy and uh, probably won't miss a beat in the lineup over there. You think Brendan Rodgers will end up at second base? Probably, yeah. They'll they'll hang on to Story and, and Murphy. Uh, well, I, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, Murphy sliding over to first. Rodgers will probably play second. I don't know who else they have uh, that would play second. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, LeMahieu's gone. We can pretty much pretty much do what? haven't looked at their roster real hard to see okay. who else could play second, but I'd say there's a good chance we see Brendan Rodgers this year. And, I mean, they talk about him a lot. Like, you know, he's the next, the next big shortstop in the game, so we'll definitely see – um, at outfield's a little crowded though, you know, um, yes. yeah, if you're going to move Desmond out there, you know, I know they got the Tapia kid that they really like that can play center and doll. Imagine what's yeah. Doll. I would imagine that doll and Blackman are going to play the corner spots and Desmond will probably yeah. play center. Uh, I'm looking at their depth chart right now and Ryan McMahon, McMahon or whatever. McMahon. They've got him listed as their second baseman right now. Okay. So I didn't know he could play second base, to be honest with you. I thought he was more of an outfield first base kind of guy. Yeah. So well, maybe a lot of moving pieces there. Right. But a lot of good hitters, too. And in, in uh, Denver, that's that always plays. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Murphy, you know, He's probably going to hit 20, 25, maybe 30 home runs next year. I think this is a, a good chance for him to kind of, uh, you know, put some value towards the end of his career. Yeah. You know, we talk about his career average, you know, give a little bump in his power. So, I mean, we saw what he did in the postseason like three or four years ago when he hit six or seven home runs in the postseason. So, yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a good hitter, man. Right. Um, and then another trade. There was uh, another three-team deal um, between the Rangers and the Rays and the A's, with the A's getting the headliner, Jerickson Profar, and then the Rangers and Rays get some get some prospects back in that. Um, I I really like Jerickson Profar. He finally got uh, the guy's just 25 years old, and he finally got um, like oh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, Consistent, I guess, consistent playing time last year. Right. And he hit uh, 255 with 20 homers and 77 RBIs and stole 10 bags. And he's probably going to slide in as Oakland's everyday second baseman. 
um, and get even more consistent playing time at one position instead of moving all over the diamond. And I think that he will be – I think we could see a breakout season from him next year, honestly. And he'll replace Jed Lowry for them and might even be an upgrade. What do you think about that deal? Uh, I didn't really know a lot about the prospects that were coming back for him, so I couldn't really get a good gauge for yeah. – uh, I mean, obviously the three-team deal with the Rays getting involved here. So I like – I like uh, – I like – Profar, you know, he's kind of a guy that was on the Braves list. You know, they were looking at maybe getting him and Mazzara and kind of a package deal and send some prospects back. Yeah. Um, but, I I mean, the number one guy that the Rangers got back, Brock Burt, he slides into sixth on their prospect ranks as far as the Rangers go. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, time will tell, as it will with it will. a lot of these deals. Um We'll see what if Profar can stay healthy because I know he sat out all of 2014 and 15 yep. with shoulder surgery. So we'll see what he can do in his second, you know, not not second full year, but second year of consistently playing every day. Yeah. So I would imagine he's going to play second base, you know, yeah. for where Lowry left the void. Yeah. So I, so. I read up a little bit on the prospects. Um, it was a Rangers page, so obviously they were kind of they were kind of happy. Homers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that Brock Burke, I guess he's probably the best one. He was the Rays uh, minor league pitcher of the year last year. But they have they have a lot of depth and like a few arms coming back from Tommy John, so they could afford to give him up. And mm-hmm. then um, this other guy, I think they got from Oakland, Eli White. The that page was hyping him up to be their shortstop of the future so uh like you said time will tell we don't really know how solid these guys are but they got a lot of at at worst they got a lot of minor league depth back yeah to to build up a very depleted farm and they've still got pieces in their major league team that they can trade away with mike minor i mentioned nomar mazar i think he's definitely available uh they've they've got some pieces that they can continue to build yeah, and they're gonna have to draft well as well to continue this rebuild. So, yeah, um, another move going down the list here: Michael Brantley signed with Houston for two years, thirty-two million, and he'll slot right in there in left field with Marlon Marwin Gonzalez leaving. Um, he hit three oh nine last year with seventeen home runs, seventy-six RBIs, and twelve stolen bags. Um, he fits in their lineup as a, a nice little lefty change of pace in a really heavy right-handed lineup. Uh, what'd you think about that move with Brantley going off to Houston? For the Astros, it's a home run sign for me. For sure. Um, you know, you're getting a guy who can lead off, can hit 300, and can hit you 30 home runs a year. Um, plays good defense. You know, he's you know he's really a solid kind of player, a, a, a four-tool player. You know, you think about yep. it. I mean, he can swipe a few bags even if you need to. So, for Brantley, I don't understand it because it's just a two-year deal, and I feel like maybe he's betting on himself to play too good for two years and get another deal. But at that point, you know, at that point in his career, he's going to be so late in his career that I just don't see him getting another three or four-year deal yeah. at that age. Um, so, I mean, you know, he's taking a gamble here, in my opinion. Going, you know, I, you know, part of it's probably wanting to win a ring. Right, because I think he feels like, and I feel like the Astros are still right there, even though they did get 
handled by the Red Sox, you know, they sign in Brantley and make a few other moves and they're right back in the thick of things. Yep. Um, solid offense and he just steps right in and it's just another good bat to add to this team. And uh, we'll see. I mean, they're going to have to make a move pitching wise with the loss of Keiko more than likely. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Um, Kyle Tucker, you think that makes him expendable now and maybe a trade for yep. uh, JT Real Muto for Houston? Um, I think it's going to cost him more than that. I think the Marlins asking price is a ridiculous it's, amount. Well, they'll have to come down off that eventually if they actually want to trade him. See, I don't think they're going to come down off of it. They got hosed in the three deals that they made last year. They did not get a single top 100 prospect. or They did not get a single person that is on the top 100 uh, right now. Oh, that's your, that's your for, boy Jeter's fault. For Stanton, for Yelich, the MVP, and for Ozuna. So, I think they're going to try to they, – they screwed up when they didn't trade Real Muto last summer or last Christmas as well. I feel like they could have got a decent haul for him last last December. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, because, I mean, you lose 33% of his value because one of his three years of control is now gone. So, I mean, for me, if I were the Marlins, I would take Kyle Tucker and maybe two lower-level prospects for Rio okay. Muto. I'm just not that high on Rio Muto. I know he's one of the best offensive catchers in baseball, and he's – you know, he's he's I'm not gonna say elite when it comes to pitch framing. I have read a few articles comparing him and Grandal, and Grandal is a much better pitch framer yeah. than Rio Muto is and kind of has the same amount of pop, maybe not can hit for as much average, but yeah. I mean, for the Astros, if they could make that trade Kyle Tucker for Rio Muto at the point in time that they are right now, I think it's I think it's a good a good trade for them. I agree. Um but I think tomorrow is, you know, when you take a one-for-one one gamble like that, you don't know how Kyle Tucker is going to paint out. You do not. I mean, he could be a total miss, and you want those other guys that maybe you can get some value at that level. So. Right. Speaking of catchers, uh, the Mets were in the market for Real Muto. They're not anymore. Signed Wilson Ramos to a two-year, $19 million deal. Um, Ramos last year in 111 games with uh, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia hit 306 with 15 home runs. Uh, he's one of the best offensive catchers in, in the big leagues, uh, has been for the past few years. Um, he's a good pitch framer, and I, I kind of like what the Mets have been doing here. They went and added Cano, now they add Ramos. And catcher has been a spot that they've been really – uh, not getting much production out of Darnold, um, mm-hmm. going to add Ramos. Um, that, that's a solid pickup right there. What do you think about that one? Yeah, Brody's making moves, man. You know, he they, is. Diaz and Cano. Uh, you know they they go out and get Ramos. Haven't kinda, sacrificed any young guys. Right. Well, I mean, they did give up the shortstop, the young shortstop. Yeah. Um, Guerra, I think is how you say it. Yeah, but none of their none of their young, I guess, uh, guys that were already in the better MLB. Yeah, 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 yeah. they didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not a great defensive catcher, but we'll see. I mean, he he can hit, and that's what they wanted. So we'll see what this means for Kevin Ploiecki and uh, 
Darnold, one of them's going to go, you would so, imagine. Uh, I read the other day that Darno, I guess they agreed to a contract with Darno to avoid ARB. So mm-hmm. probably going to be the end of Ploiecki. Yeah, Ploiecki's so, probably the, the odd man out he's, here. He's out of options too, so. Yeah, they'll probably swing him somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah, Brody, Brody making some moves. And then uh, the last move that I have on my list that I think we missed was yesterday. Nelson Cruz signed with Minnesota on a one-year $14 million deal. I think that has an option for the second year. Um, This is a guy who will slide right in and be their DH. And he's, I mean, this guy just continues to break. Like, how old is Cruz? 30, 37, I think. 37. And he has the most home runs in the big leagues over the past five years with 203. Uh, he, all, all he does is rake. And the 38. Twin, 38. So, another, even another year older. Even better. Yep. Just like a fine wine, better with age. Right. Okay. Twins have got a little offensive here, son and Cruz. And then they got uh, CJ Crone from Tampa. And they added uh, Jonathan Scope to play second. A lot um, of power. A lot of power in that lineup with Sano right. and Cruz. So um, I thought it was a pretty good deal. I, I don't know that the Twins are going to contend, but that's not a great division. So who knows? No, I feel like they are going to contend. You know, they played so. good in the first half last season. Um, I still think they need a pitcher. You know, maybe Keiko's a player here. Maybe. They still need another starter. I thought maybe Anibal Sanchez would be a guy they would go and get kind of a short term guy to. Yeah, fill in a spot to let some younger guys come along or draft better and get some other guys in there. But no, I, I like the signing. Um, I like it for Cruz too. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he stays in the American League, can just play DH every day, can hit forty home runs, and he's getting paid. So you know, good move for him. Wins all around. Right. Uh, that was all the moves I had of significance. Was there any others that you could think of that we missed these past two weeks? Uh, I mean, we talked about Roark, the Roark getting traded a little bit. Yeah. Not a huge deal there. No, nothing. Um, you know, we're still waiting. You know, Manny, Manny Machado said he's going to wait till the new year before he announces where he's going. My gut's telling me, man, that he's going to the Yankees. That's what I think, too. And so – I still think he's going there. I think he's going to play short for next year, and then they'll reassess after that. I don't think they're going to get rid of Andujar. I think they're going to put Machado at short, move Torres to second, or keep Torres at second, rather, and Andujar play third. I think that's just how it's going to go. And if they can do that, man, that is a scary lineup. You get Andujar and Torres a year older, hopefully Mm -hmm. a better yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. That That's my good. Coming from someone who doesn't hate the Yankees, I'm not going to say I love them. I do like their history and the pageantry that comes with them. Yeah. But uh, that's that's my gut feeling, too, is he ends up in New York. As far as Harper goes, I, I don't have a feel at all for that. I know the Dodgers, it really seems like they they made that move to clear up room for him as far as payroll and getting under the luxury tax and everything, but it's just not 
Friedman's MO to sign big fat contracts to guys. And I, I just, I don't know, man. I, but when is, a, up, when is a guy of Harper's caliber never, exactly on the market? And I'll say this real quick and then we can, we can move on to whatever's next. But, uh, I've, I've had a lot of people on Twitter say, and I've even, I've had this thought before, but I realized how stupid and idiotic it was that we can't sign Harper. It handicaps you, you know, for, Six Ever. years down the future, yeah, basically, and it's uh, he's twenty six. He is one of the best. No, he's probably in, he's probably a top five position player in the game. Mm-hmm. He brings the swagger. He can do everything. Uh, the only question I have with him is effort at some some point in time, and that's that's a scary thing when you're giving a guy a lot of money, but. That I don't think handicapping yourself six years down the future should scare you when it comes to Bryce Harper or yeah. Manny Machado. Like if there is an exception to that rule, it's players like this once in a generation type player. Yeah. I mean, Harper comes in, whoever signs him, he instantly changes that franchise. I will say this: unless the Angels sign Bryce Harper or the Red Sox sign Bryce Harper. Whatever team he goes to, he's automatically the best position player on that team. Yeah. I think Mookie Betts and um, Trout. Mike Trout are the only two position players that are better than Bryce Harper. Yeah. I think if he go, if he were somehow go to the Astros, he's the best player on that team. I think he's better than Correa. I think he's better than Altuve. Now, I might be going out on a limb, but I, that's just how I feel about Bryce Harper and what he can consistently do over the span of the next five years. Uh one one, I would say Arenado is better. That's the only other one I would put ahead of him. But yeah, it would be no, an interesting. Exactly that would be an interesting lineup. I know what you go toe to toe with each other every day. Yeah, yeah. Instantly, instantly changes franchise changer. Everything generational talent. Hopefully, he'll sign soon. Get the ball moving. I read a tweet from uh, Buster Only today that said there's like 200 unsigned free agents still, and but. Pretty much we're just waiting around on two of them. Basically. uh, We're going to take a quick little break right here, and then when we come back, we'll talk Titans-Colts. Huge game Sunday night. Huge. Huge game. We'll be right back. Like the wall, huge. We're back here, not live. I almost said live. We're not live. We are recording. It is Friday, December the 28th. Quick shout out to my future father-in-law. Happy birthday to him today. Um, with that being said, my brother-in-law, funny story as we open up the segment, has has to do with it. So it's relevant. Just pay attention. <laughs> anyway, uh, my future brother-in-law is a huge Indianapolis Colts fan. Boo. Yeah, I know. Um so anyway, he lives in Nashville, just had a kid, so they didn't come to Christmas or anything this year, obviously, with not wanting to get the little kid out in the cold and wet and whatever. Yeah. And uh, so I was face or Facebook living, Facebook streaming, whatever they call the FaceTime for Facebook. Yeah. 
And uh, I was, you know, talking to Suzanne when she was up there with Nora, the little baby. And uh, he told me that I needed to open my Christmas present from him before Sunday because the season would be over after that. And I told him, wow, you didn't didn't have to get me a Colts shirt. So, (laughs) but no, all kidding aside, uh, Titans was probably the biggest game in Nissan Stadium since the playoff game in 08. Yeah. Um, The Colts come to town. For those of you who don't know, the Colts come to town. Nine and six Titans are nine and six and a winner take all basically. Um, and it depends yes, on what you want to think about as far as take all, because if the Texans lose Sunday afternoon, it could, it will be the Titans win or the Colts win and they take home the division and get a home playoff game. There's a lot so, that can be taken. Right. A and lot. We can, uh, we can talk about that here in a second, but yep. uh, you know, I know you're going, gonna be fun i really oh, wish i could go have to work sunday night but uh it's a titans first sunday night game and i i've been preaching against this for literally four years yeah the first sunday night game for the titans since 2009 only the third time they've ever been on sunday night that is just i i get it the titans haven't been you know world beaters the last few years yeah but, you know, they've played the Packers. They've played the Patriots. They've played a lot of, you know, really liked national teams where they could have got a Sunday night gig. And it just seems like we see the same teams on Sunday night all the time. It's always the Packers and the Bears or the the, the Eagles. And the, it's always like an NFC East team, it feels like. But yeah. anyway, enough complaining about that. I was, that's not Roche's rant. Sorry, guys. Um <laughs> But no, uh, you know, Colts come to town. Titans played them earlier this year and got absolutely slacked, thirty-four to ten, I believe, was the final. There it was ugly. Yeah, um, Colts really just did whatever they wanted to do offensively and defensively. I went back and watched the highlights two nights ago from that game. Um, it was ugly, man. This team was a different team than they had just come off of the win against the Patriots, in which they dominated that game. Mm-hmm. And then they just come out and lay an absolute egg. Two weeks in a row laid an egg against the Colts and then turned around and did one against Houston. Right. But since then, four wins in a row. Like you right. said, completely different team. Right. And completely different in a couple aspects, too. We've lost a few players since we played them. And that yeah. obviously doesn't mean that we're going to play any better. You know, Logan Ryan with being out with a broken leg. Obviously, John U. Smith been out for a few weeks now with that uh, MCL. Is it MCL or ACL injury? Uh, I think his was M- MCL. Yeah, and also Jarrell Casey also placed MCL. on injured reserve with an MCL injury. Yeah, that one um, hurt, hurts. The biggest question coming into this game, rightfully so, is Marcus Mariota going to play? I'll go ahead and answer yes. for you. Yes, he's going to play. Yes, um, there. There was never a question in my mind if he was no, going to play or not. Me neither. If the guy was alive, he was going to play. Um, and that kind of takes me down this other little tangent real quick. He he shows up when it's needed. Like mm-hmm. you think about the last two years when it he needed to play good. So last year on Monday night against the Colts, when he had the the hamstring injury or the groin injury or whatever it was, Hammy. Yeah, and uh, you know it was it was a big game for the Titans, and everybody's talking about. Like they're doing now, talking about Marcus Mariota always being hurt, you know, 
is he the quarterback future guy comes in and just has an absolute masterful game on Monday night and beats the Colts. Yep. Granted, it was against the backup quarterback, but still. Um, and then you think about the Jacksonville game at home last year to get into the playoffs when they had to beat Jacksonville. And the game that he had there, the stiff arm that he put on Larry Church. You think about the playoff game last year when he pretty much – you know, the defense did their part, but as far as offensively goes, he single-handedly carried them, you know, in one play literally to a victory. Literally threw a touchdown to himself. Yeah. Um, and you think about – and this is this was one that a lot of people may have forgotten, but when we played the Cowboys on Monday night earlier this year, we were sitting, I believe, three and four. Yeah. And at that point, huge game for the season because you start out three and five, you're not looking – it doesn't look very promising when you saw – that the Patriots were coming to town and you had some other tough opponents to play. You know, he had the Texans again. Yeah. He goes out and has a game that he does against us. Like this guy, I'm not saying that he's going to come out Sunday night and just absolutely light the world on fire, but I feel like he's going to perform very well. He shows up. He shows up in the big games. He is clutch. We've talked about it on here, all the game-winning drives he's led in his career is like up to like 13 now after the Jets one. It, right. He shows up when it matters, man. And I'm I'm really tired of the, the soft narrative that people like to try and give Mariota because he is anything but soft. Like you said, if he is breathing, he's going to play. And to me, it was never a doubt in my mind either that, that he was – he was going to play in this game. Honestly, I was a little surprised he didn't come back in um, in the Redskins game, which they ended up pulling out. Blaine Gabbert stepped in and and filled in admirably the for Blaine Train. He he played well filling in there, but I, I have there's no doubt that I'll be seeing number eight walk out on the field uh, Sunday night and right. hopefully have a good game. But to be 100% honest, it does not matter if Mariota or Blaine Gabbert or whoever's playing quarterback, because they need to ride Derrick Henry. Yes, sir. And that sounds crazy if you listen to our first few shows and we were bashing the crap out of Henry. But this guy needs 25 to 30 carries Sunday night um, because they need to control the clock. They need to keep Andrew Luck on the sideline. And they need to ride Derrick Henry. And I want to see Henry running with – that same fire that uh, Eddie George ignited under him. So, did you see the actual the uh, the story about the conversation between those yeah. two? Yeah, yep. Thank All you, right. thank you, Eddie, for for yes, Titan so, for life. Basically, if you if you didn't hear about it, I'll, I'll just go ahead and summarize it real quick. Derrick Henry reached out a few weeks ago to Eddie George and asked him, you know. Uh, for his opinion, you know, to be brutally honest with him, how does he think he's doing? And Eddie told him, uh, you need to quit run. Basically you need to quit running soft and you need to run like you can physical and run over these guys. And ever since, and he told him, you know, you need to run like every, if you've seen these rumors about you getting traded, you need to run like your career depends on it because honestly it does. And ever right. since then, Derrick Henry has been running like a monster. And uh, we need him to keep it going Sunday night against the Colts because we have not historically been very successful against Andrew Luck. Okay. 
ten and zero. There, that's not have not been successful. No, we <laughs> suck against Andrew Luck. Like we can't beat him. I was trying to be diplomatic about it, but yeah, they they have sucked against Luck. It's uh, he he owns us ten and zero. No, that's the best. That is the most wins against a team with a single loss in history of the NFL. Is it okay? I saw since nineteen seventy. I didn't know if it went back further than that. Yeah. So I mean, that's and look. Let's be honest here. It's not all about luck, but it is an interesting stat, and it does suck to be on the other side of that. At some point, it starts getting in your head a little bit. Yeah, I think so. But at some point, it's going to end, and I I hope I hope that it ends Sunday. It has to. They got to contain Ty Hilton. He absolutely roasted us. It seems like he's always roasting us. Um, Adoring. I mean, yeah. I put that on our. PowerPoint, you know, that that's yeah. the matchup of this game. Yeah. I saw uh, Pease, Pease told Adora, you know, don't get burned. I think that was his advice against Yeah, That's, yeah. Pretty, that's pretty, pretty good solid. advice considering solid what advice. he did in the first game. Yeah, which in the first game was the game where Pease, like, something happened to him during the game, and he, he ended up going to the hospital. Um, I did not know that. I didn't know it was that game. Yeah, it was that game. So I mean, all, very interesting that you point that out. Yeah, yeah. It's, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think I want to give a prediction. I'm not. Uh, another thing, though, Andrew Luck has been sacked 17 times. That's good yeah. for tied for fourth best in the National Football League. You know, that was a big concern with him whenever he first came to the Colts as the offensive line and the issue that the Colts had, and they fixed it. They have fixed so, it, and it's paying dividends. Right. And without Jarrell Casey, it's only going to get harder to rush the passer. That's our best pass rusher. Yeah, he has the most that's sacks on the team. Lineman. That's sad. Yeah, it is. So we're going to need big games from Landry. We're going to need a big game from Correa if he gets some snaps. Benny yeah. Logan. I haven't. I wanted to look up his snap count all year, but I can't imagine that he gets more than ten percent of the snaps a game. No. If no. if that, I mean, Casey doesn't come off the field. Yeah. So I mean, he's going to step right. I mean, and I watched Dean Pease. You know, he had a, he had a, a little small press conference about it, and you know they were asking him, "What well, I mean, what are you guys going to do? You know, to kind of." alleviate the loss of Jarrell Casey. And he's like, well, it's nothing we can do. I mean, we can drop yeah. schemes, but people are going to have to make plays. Yeah. So and he talked about when they went to the Super Bowl with the Ravens and Joe Flacco's rookie year, they lost Ray Lewis for eight games or no, 10 games. They lost Terrell Suggs for eight games in the year. And they had guys who had originally just played special teams, step up and play Mike linebacker. One of the hardest positions to play on the defense. Yep. You know, because you're lining guys up, and if you haven't played that position all year, you have to know where everybody has to be when you run certain schemes on defense. So, I can't imagine that defensive tackle is a hard position as far as knowing what you're doing. Yeah, seems to be pretty easy. Take up a lot of space in the middle and push the guy that's blocking you back. Yeah. So, we'll see. I mean, Jarrell Casey's the best player on this defense, so obviously it's going to hurt to lose him. I'm not going to make – like that, any uh, not going to downplay it, that. And it's our two best players with Mariota and 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 Casey both being right. hurt. It's 
definitely the odds are stacked against us, I will say. And but right. uh, if you can't, I'm I'm pumped to go. I wish you were going. Um, if you can't get up about this game, then I don't think you are. Just quit cheering. Really, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's going to be awesome. Um, I hope they win. I hope. I hope it goes about as well for the Colts as it did for the other Indiana team that came to Nashville today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love to see that score. That would be something. <laughs> but um, I mean, I think the recipe to win is run the ball, control the clock, yes. play good defense. We're not yep. we're not going to outscore them. You know, it's – and you – I mean, you think about Vanderbilt and Baylor last night. No defense. Vanderbilt had to try to outscore Baylor. They can't do it. Yeah. That, that was the wrong approach to that game. And maybe it wasn't their approach, but it got out of hand and they had to change it. But we're not going to win a shootout with the Colts. Right. We need to come into this game. We're going to control this clock. We're going to have Andrew Luck as few possessions as possible, yeah. as little time as possible. And we're going to run the ball and run all over them. You know, I still think we're going to need to score 20 points to win this game. Yeah. Because I don't think we can hold him to less than, you know, I don't know. I think maybe 17 is the lowest number we could hold this team to. And I know we, our defense has played really good. You know, we're one of the top – as far as points given up, we're one of the top defenses in the NFL. Yep. But we've lost a couple of really key contributors the last yes. few weeks. So Yes, we have. Yes, we have. We'll see what happens, and we'll, uh, check. we'll either be depressed or ecstatic on our next show, depending on uh, how it goes. Um, a couple other pretty big weekend in the NFL or some other games um, with playoff implications. Um, Chicago and Minnesota, Minnesota wins and they are in not a given that they'll beat Chicago. They're no, it is not. pretty is dang Chicago good. playing for anything here. Are they playing for a seed? I don't think so. I think the seeding in the They're locked at three pretty much set. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But I don't think with like a young quarterback like Trubisky, I don't think he'll be sitting at all. I think no, I don't know if necessarily he'll be sitting, but maybe they don't throw on first or second down, if you know yeah. what I mean. Like, Yeah, I gotcha. Um, but that game is also because if Minnesota loses and Philly beats Washington, then they get that last wild card spot. And Nick Foles has come in and saved the city of Philadelphia for a second year in a row. It, it's kind of crazy, honestly, what he's done just with Wentz's injuries and mm-hmm. Foles steps in there and carries this team to a Super Bowl and potentially the playoffs for another year. Uh, I don't know that they have – they can't necessarily – I'm not going to say that they can get rid of Carson Wentz because he's the number one pick, but, like, they got some questions, I think, that have to be answered with Nick Foles guy's a good quarterback and i i read a thing um earlier today about him uh jacksonville potentially being interested in bringing him in next year yeah especially with uh herbert saying he's going back to oregon staying staying in school there's not a lot of draftable quarterbacks in this draft no so um and then uh in the afc so we talked about the titans that there's uh you know at worst the winner of the titans colts game is getting the sixth seed at best, the Titans could end up with the two seed. I'm not holding my breath there because that would no. involve the Jets beating the Patriots and the Jaguars beating the Texans and Cleveland beating Baltimore. 
So I'm really glad we locked up this win and end game because that's none of those inspire confidence in me. Right. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Cleveland can end up winning eight games. That's the most likely outcome, I think, is Cleveland beating Baltimore. Yeah. Which Baltimore's played pretty well. I don't know that Baltimore is a team that people want to play in the playoffs. I mean, with that defense, defense, defense man, they yep. say it, it's a cliche, but defense does win championships and their yep. defense is playing like the best in football right now. Yeah. And then I, I have, I don't know about you, but I have some questions about the chiefs because that division, they can still win it charge, but I think the chargers are a better team right now. Yeah, and it's all because that Chiefs defense is terrible. It is right. awful. All four of their losses this year have been in prime time, and that defense has been absolutely exposed. They're averaging like forty points a game in prime yeah. time. It's and they still lost. It, they gave up thirty-eight to Seattle. It's it's awful. It's awful, and I, they need to win that division, or they might get bounced in the first round in the wild. Well, they, they can potentially still be the five seed, I think. Yep, that's what I'm saying. The Chargers need to win that division, or the Chiefs could lose in that wild card round. Right. So, because I mean, you're looking at a five seed. You're going to Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like your chances there. Honestly, I think Baltimore is a favorite in that game. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. We'll know. Uh, since the Titans got flexed to Sunday night, we'll know exactly what we're playing for um, by the time game time rolls around. I like it. I like it. I mean, I mean, I I put on Facebook last week, and I, it wasn't about this, but enjoy the good moments when you're in them. It's Folks, if you're a Titans fan, as bad as this season has been, losing to the Bills, you know, losing to the Dolphins and losing to Laney Walker early on, but beating the Eagles, beating the Patriots, and now a win-and-end situation. These moments do not come around very often. No, they do not. We are not Steelers fans. We are not Patriots fans. Enjoy it. We're the Titans. Take this for granted. No, don't take this for granted. Sorry. Yeah. Do not Suck take it, it for granted. Do not take it for granted. Yeah. Um, so we, with the end of the season rolling around, we uh, made our picks for all the um, – who we think should win all the awards, of course, coach and player of the year and rookie of the year and uh, ultimately the MVP. Um, Hi. Okay. Sorry. I thought we were picking who we think wins it now. I don't have my predictions. I would wait, have wait. to pull those who up. You th- who you think wins it now? What do you mean? Like, I thought we were going to go if we were good, if, if we, we were, were guessing enough, now. If we're Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, okay, okay. Is I that thought what you meant. I thought you meant I was supposed to have the ones that I put preseason because I oh no 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 idea where those are no no who wins it right now no I don't care about preseason anymore <laughs> we're at the end um so we can just start with the uh, we can just start with coach um who do you got for your if you had to pick a coach who's your coach of the year so far or right now this year not so far the year's over I think it's Anthony Lynn solid. Um, you know, he, he has a lot to do with why the Chargers are good. I know a lot of it's Phillip Rivers, but he's got this defense ready to play. Yep. Um, and they haven't – I can't remember a Chargers game in which they were just – Blown out. Other than the Ravens game where they were just embarrassed. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll go with Anthony Lynn here. That's a good pick. Uh, I would take Sean Payton as a close second. Um. 
but I, I think I'm going with Anthony Lynn. So I picked Matt Nagy from Chicago for the That's Bears. Solid. That's solid. That defense is absolutely beastly. Um, when they got Khalil Mack, it just transformed that defense into the uh, best in the NFC for sure and one of the best in the NFL. And he's just a good offensive mind, and he sets up easy throws for Trubisky to succeed. And and he's gotten the most out of guys like uh, Tariq Cohen and Trey Burton and Taylor Gabriel. Like he's done a good job with the pieces he has. That's not like an offense that has a lot of high profile names. And he he puts them in a good position to win. And Trubisky's looked pretty good under. So that's who I'm going with. That's a solid pick. You can't yeah. argue with that one. So yeah, uh, either one of those guys is worthy. Um, so then uh, rookies, rookie of the year. Uh, I picked – so I was between two, and you picked one of mine, so I'm going to talk about the other one. Um, Derwin James is who I put down um, from the Chargers. Mm-hmm. The guy has 99 tackles from the safety spot, three and a half sacks, and three picks. Uh, he's Cam Chancellor. He's a super fast Cam Chancellor. Like he, he has made, he's already the best player in their secondary, possibly their best player on defense. Maybe Bosa's better, but he, the Chargers defense is one of the reasons they're so good. And Derwin James has been an absolute monster on the back end. Um, and I'm going to let you talk about your guy because he would probably be my number one pick, but I'm going to let you talk about him. Right. Uh, so I like to pick um, Derwin James, first round talent. Yep, definitely deserving of the award. But for me, it has to be Darius Leonard. He's been a monster. He has twenty three more tackles than anybody. At least twenty three more tackles than anybody else. He has one hundred and fifty five right now. The next closest is Blake Martinez. Yep, one hundred and thirty two. Seven sacks, four forced fumbles, and a pick. Pick yep. was against the Titans, sadly. Uh, but he is just a difference maker, man. He's transformed he can, that defense. He can do it all. He, yeah. can, you know, he can. He's an outside linebacker, but uh, I mean, you know, 155 tackles, bro. Like that's crazy. And all of this from South Carolina State. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's no question. Yeah. I think Derwin James has had a great year, but. This guy, second round pick. I mean, I had never heard of him. No, me neither. Before. And uh-huh. obviously, the Colts knew what they were doing when they took him in the second round because yeah. he has played like a top five pick from last year. Yeah. He's, so, he is incredible. He honestly will get some consideration for defensive player of the year, just overall, not right, just rookie. Rightfully so. 155 tackles. That's. He's transformed that defense. Colts are not really a team that you think about defense, but he he is. It's and it, I don't know if he's going to win it because he plays for the Colts, but he should. He should win it. Right. And and hopefully be, he won't shine on Sunday night. Yeah, let's hope he has the worst <laughs> game of his career Sunday. But yeah. it, I mean, it'll be a good test for Henry and for Leonard. You know, yeah, do the best of their. Two of the best kind of budding heads at their position, you know, heavy running back that runs over people, and then you got this big, strong linebacker who tackle. He's got 150 tackles, tackles. everything that comes near. Yeah, him. I mean, he tackles his own players. He's so good at tackling. So. Yeah, right. 
All right, and then offensive rookie. Um, you want to go first on this one? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll go ahead. It's pretty obvious on this one for me too. Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Um, he is just he's 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 kind of like what we talk about Harper and Trout, a once in a generation type player. Yeah. Um, I believe now. Don't quote me on this, but when the Titans were playing the Giants a few weeks ago. I believe he was something like the he could potentially be the first rookie or the first player in a long time to have a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving in one season. So I mean, you look at his numbers; he's got t- basically twelve hundred yards rushing, which is that's good. You know, anytime you get over a thousand yards, yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty good. I'm not going to say that's Pro Bowl caliber rushing numbers. But then he's got 10 touchdowns. But then you look at his catching. He has 87 receptions as a running back. Yeah. With 688 yards. Um, you know, he he's a potential – and he's so shifty. Like, his talent's there. But we're not we're not going to, you know, use talent to say someone deserves an award or not. I mean, this is strictly production that he's shown. Um, right. And all this behind a Giants offensive line that, <laughs> let's just be honest, sucks. You know, yeah, it's awful, and not not a great quarterback. I know Eli Manning hadn't had a terrible year, but I mean, just the Giants are still bad. They've got a lot of question marks in a, a lot of different places, but it looks like they may have found the next great running back for the next ten years. So yeah, he is really good. I think the so he's like 114 yards away from 2,000 scrimmage yards as a rookie, and right, that's the only. Eric Dickerson is one of the two. There's somebody else, and I, I can't off the top of my head remember who it is, but it's it's elite company right. that Barkley will be keeping. Um, and I, I had him down, too, for Rookie of the Year. And I, I put another name down, um, and I'm going to talk about him a little just so we can talk about someone else. Um, I put Baker down, too, Baker Mayfield. Uh, 3,300 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, 11 picks. is becoming a folk hero. In Cleveland, um, I think it's safe to say they've finally found their quarterback. I, I think I think you can say that. Yeah, um, I agree. I think Barkley will end up winning it. Barkley, uh, if we're talking about the best player, the best rookie, it's Saquon Barkley. If we're talking about the rookie that's had the biggest impact on his team, it's Baker Mayfield. If you take Baker away, I'm not sure Cleveland wins four games with Tyrod Taylor. They don't. And so, you got to think yeah. about what, how many games has Baker started? He didn't start until what, week week four? Is when yeah, he started? I think he started. So he set out the first three weeks he didn't start. First two yeah. weeks he didn't play at all. Yeah. I mean, this Cleveland was one in five with Hugh Jackson, and then they and he runs off his mouth saying that the players can't aren't good enough to win games, and then he gets canned, and then they win six games. It's not the players, Hugh. It's not the players. Okay. Side note on this: I saw Lewis Rick on on ESPN going off about Baker and his antics. Yeah. Like he was he was basically saying, you know. Play like put up some numbers, win some games before you start talking. Guess what, Lewis? He has put up numbers. He has yeah. won. He has the potential to win eight games for Cleveland. Something yeah. they have not done in a very long time. Well, win two games. It's 
and there he talks about well him staring down um, Hugh Jackson. Okay, Hugh gets fired, and that's you know that's his fault. Like he sucked. It's his own fault for getting fired. Yeah, and he leaves and goes to a team that you're you're playing that same season. Yeah. Like that's disrespectful for me. Yeah. Of course Baker's gonna be pissed off because he was holding Baker back. He didn't want he Baker was. to play. So yeah, he has the right to be pissed off about that. And you know, when he throws a touchdown against them and starts whipping up on them, guess what? He has every right to celebrate. Yep. And I'm not gonna say how I really feel why Lewis thinks this way about Baker and and why he doesn't like him because of certain aspects about him. That doesn't match up with Lewis. So, but I'm just saying, like, it's a little ridiculous and hypocritical because there are a lot other players in this league that are haven't done what Baker has done and they have a lot worse antics than this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you have to admire what Mayfield and the Browns have done right. so far this season. Um, and then moving on to the defensive player of the year, I'm pretty sure this will probably be unanimous. unanimous. It's yeah. Aaron Donald. The guy is. He has 19 and a half sacks. He's a defensive tackle. That's, that's four more than anybody else. He's forced four fumbles. He's got 55 tackles. It's, I mean, he changes the game for the Rams. It's he's unbelievable, honestly. Like you can't run at him. You can't. You have no time in the pocket because he's on you. Uh, he's he's a beast. There's not. That's why he got paid. Uh, yeah. I mean, he is an absolute monster, and I th- that's who you had too, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No arguments here. Yeah, um, and then moving to offensive player of the year. This one, I, I try to pick non-quarterbacks because I think quarterbacks always get the MVP, and they do. Um, but this year, uh, you could have went with Gurley, but then he got hurt and hasn't really done a lot the last. Not playing weeks. this weekend either. Yeah, McCaffrey has had an unbelievable year, but he's on a terrible team. Um, Zeke gets all the volume for Dallas, and he has like six touchdowns. Is about all he has. Uh, wide receivers, you can name like if you ask someone if you ask like 10 people to name the best wide receiver in the league they probably all say a different name mm-hmm. and they get no credit because of quarterbacks so i'm going to go with breeze because he's my runner up for mvp i'm going to give him offensive player of the year uh, almost 4000 passing yards 32 touchdowns and five picks and he just like we talked about this or maybe it was with my dad i can't remember but the Saints have Michael Thomas, and then their second-best receiver is Kamara. Like, they just have a bunch of scrubs out there at receiver, and Breeze is just slinging touchdowns to random guys week in right. and week out. And he's yeah, I mean, probably going to hold every passing yard or passing record there is by the time he retires. I just feel like that came out of nowhere for me. Like, I did Breeze. not realize, yeah, like how far down the charts he was. Yeah. Far up, I guess. Yeah, and he's, he's another guy. An elite level. Like he still could play. I feel like three or four more years in an elite level in this game. Yeah, I mean, and their defense has just got better and better. Uh, right. There's a reason they're the number one seed in the NFC. So, what about you for uh, offense? Uh, for me, it's hard to name him MVP and not name him offensive player of the year. Yeah, like, I never really Cone. understood that. Yeah. Um. 
It's it's Patrick Mahomes, man. Yeah. I mean, do we even have to say anything about this kid? Like, no. we've seen the plays that he makes. And then the numbers, I mean, 48 touchdowns, only 11 interceptions. Uh, let's see here. 4,800 yards. And, I mean, it's kind of like with Breeze. You know, he's got um, – you know, he's got Kelsey. But he lost his starting running back. Got Tyreek. Tyreek Hill is a burner, and he's just, he's a he's a he's a good receiver. But after that, what do you yeah. got? You uh, Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, they got him now. After uh, Sammy Watkins got hurt. Okay, I but like, I don't I mean, remember him. Benjamin's just like a biscuit away from being a tight end. <laughs> oh, some tackle more or less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, he's, yeah, it's, it's easy for me. I think it's Mahomes. He's 23. Like, I mean, this is the second year. He did play one game last year. Yeah. If, if he was a rookie this year, it, we would be talking about the greatest rookie season of all time. Yeah. And it, it would be hard to even argue that. Yeah. But, I mean, he's he's pretty much one game away from being a rookie if you think about playing time. Right. So, you can I mean, see why so. the Chiefs traded up to get him and then yeah. dumped Alex Smith. If you ask any fan that, you know, watches enough football, if you could pick one quarterback to start your franchise out with right now, I would say 90, 90% of them would say Patrick Mahomes. It would have to be. It yeah, just because when you consider the age and his talent level and the numbers that he puts up. It's that you know, arm, man. That arm is just – both of them. Yeah, yeah, both arms. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, he's he's my MVP. I don't, I don't think I need to say that, but yeah, he's Yeah, MVP. he's a lot of fun Mahomes. to watch. He's a lot of fun to watch. Right. And I hope I hope they do win. I hope they win a playoff game just so he can get a little more airtime and but with that defense. Whew, whew, it's not looking likely. No. Uh, that pretty much wraps up our NFL talk. We'll take one last short break and then come back and close out this week's show. So uh, stick with us. Guys, welcome back to uh, Infield Fly. Last segment here. Um, college football playoff is tomorrow, Saturday the 29th. Uh, Bama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame. We're going to go ahead and make a couple picks who we think is going to win. Uh, we'll start with Clemson and Notre Dame uh, because I think it's going to be a fairly easy pick. And I'm taking Clemson because I just do not think Notre Dame can play with them at all. And I'm a little afraid it's going to be a bloodbath, to be completely honest. Uh, maybe Notre Dame comes out and proves me wrong, but uh, I don't think they have the speed to stop Clemson's offense. I, I think that their receivers will just run wild, and Etienne will run wild in the backfield, and 
I, I just I will be surprised if Notre Dame can play with them. I know that Clemson's going to be down their best defensive player uh, for failing a drug test, um, but I think just their talent level is is so much higher than Notre Dame's. I, I, it might hurt them a little bit, but I, I, I just think that Clemson's going to going to handle their business fairly easily. Um, how do you see that game playing out? Uh, I tend to agree with that. I think Notre Dame's going to keep it a little bit closer. I think they may lose by 17, 14 or so. Yeah. Um, with Dexter Lawrence, though, drug test is really not the – I put drug tests on our notes, but it's really not a drug, I guess. Yeah. He, it, Him and I think two other players were taking a supplement that's kind yeah. of like a post-workout thing, and it was it's actually banned. Now he comes out and says that he didn't know that it was banned. And, yeah, that's what or not, 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 sorry, sorry. Not that he didn't know that it was banned. Um, that he didn't know that was in what he took. So it's like yeah. a chemical that is in a supplement that the chemical itself is banned. The supplement, right. you know, it's, if it didn't have the chemical would be fine, it's fine, but it's a certain chemical that's in it or a certain ingredient that's in it. Um, so you can dive into that little conspiracy, if you will, you know, is he taking a different supplement than the rest of the players or does he the only one who got tested? Uh, anyway. Yeah. Shouldn't the trainer know that? Like before that's he- what I'm saying, uh, are they the only three that got tested? I tend to think that's the case because I can't imagine that they would be taking anything outside of what the trainer gives what's them. given to them. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that until you just said it. Yeah. So no, I think it's probably, I think it's probably going to be about a fourteen point deficit. I think T Higgins is, and Amari Rogers are going to have some pretty good games. Trevor Lawrence is going to burst onto the scene finally. He's kind of been hiding over there in ACC and in ACC. I think big stage. He's going to put up some big throws, make some big time throws. That long, luscious blonde hair, and uh, he's gonna. Okay. Gonna make Tennessee fans cry because he was a vol for life until he decided to go to college. Thanks, Butch Rip. Jones. Thanks, Butch Jones. Rip. Um, the other other game is Alabama Oklahoma. Uh, whatever. I don't know what the over under is, but take the over. Uh, right. If, if you're a gambler, take the over. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, both. High-scoring offenses. I'm not even sure Oklahoma fields a defense. Um, Alabama does, but the Oklahoma's offense is just so dang good that I don't know if anyone anyone can stop them very much. But I, I think that Alabama will find a way to stop them a couple times, and they they'll end up uh, going home winners. That that game's gonna be fun to watch. Just Kyler Murray and Tua going up against each other. A hopefully healthy Tua. Alabama's actually favored by 14. I didn't realize it was that large of a spread. And yeah. uh, over under 77 half. I think that's an easy over. <laughs> that's easy over. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm excited to watch Kyler Murray um, and Tua too. Uh, I hope he's healthy. I hope his ankle isn't, isn't bothering him too much. Um, we talked about it a little during the break. If Tua goes out, it's a whole new ball game with right. uh, Hurts in there. What do you think about this game? Uh, I'm gonna take Oklahoma to minus four or the, the fourteen points. Yeah, I think they'll cover. Points. Yeah, think think they'll cover. Right. yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna pick them to win outright, but I think yeah. 
I think a lot of people, and maybe we just hear it because of where we live, a lot of people are sleeping on just how good this Oklahoma offense is. Yeah. I'm, Lincoln Riley, is he is going to get some head coaching job interviews in the NFL. Yeah. That is how talented that he is at drawing I some mean, stuff up. They average 50 points a game. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a rant today. Here's my little rant. Just because they play in the Big 12 does not mean you can just totally void how good their offense is. Yeah. Like, yeah, everybody scores in the Big 12. But it's going to be interesting come tomorrow when people are watching Oklahoma and I think put up 35, 42 points on this Bama defense. And Kyler Murray is running around throwing bombs because the guy can sling it. Mm -hmm. He might be – as far as mobile quarterbacks, he might have the best arm of all of them, even I mean, better than Watson, in my opinion. Georgia scored 28 against Alabama, and their offense isn't nearly as good as – No, and their Oklahoma's. offense hasn't been very good in the weeks leading up to that. Yeah. So, I do think Bama pulls it out. I think they will get a few stops, and if two is healthy, they can score with Oklahoma. I think You're they right. have all the talent, and Oklahoma's defense – Cannot stop it's Alabama. It's not there. It's not there. They might as well just lay down every play and hope someone trips over them. That's how pitiful they are. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think Bama wins this one probably by a touchdown or maybe 10. Maybe they get a field goal late. Yeah. But I would not be – I wouldn't – I guess I would be surprised if Oklahoma won, but not as surprised as I would be if Notre Dame beat Clemson. So. Yeah, I can agree with that. But uh, fully expect – Alabama, Clemson, part four? I think Is that so. right? Part four? Yeah. So. Uh, we'll see uh, after tomorrow what how it all plays out. Um, should be interesting. Should be some fun, fun games. Um, that's pretty much it. Not a lot to talk about with the, the basketballs. They got they got Tennessee Tech tomorrow. Um, and then Conference <laughs> Reckham Tech. Uh, and then conference play starts on the 5th, so we'll get to talk about them a lot more once that starts. Right. Um, That's when we'll learn who, who we are and how deep we are. Yes, that talk we will. about guard position and how thin we are there right now. Yeah, we need Lamonte bad. Yep. Badly. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't have a hot take today. Uh, and I had a few mini rants. so Some, some little rants, but that's uh, that's pretty much it. We got we got business to attend to tonight, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this one on up. Uh, you got anything else? You got to out the door? Uh, that was your go this time. But no, I'm, I'm, it's all good. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Send us yeah. some – we didn't have send out, you know, time for questions, so send us some yeah. questions when you guys listen to this, and we'll throw it in the next one next, next we'll week get, sometime. We'll get back on a more normal schedule once all the holidays right. and stuff uh, settles down. And uh, maybe I'll invest in a mic so I can sound as crystal clear hey. as you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just happy new year to everybody. Yep. Be safe. Have Everyone fun. have fun. Fun new year. Uh, tighten up. We'll be, go. Hopefully it won't rain on me. Be cheering on the Titans. And hopefully next time we talk, we'll be talking to playoff matchups. So. I hope so. We hope may so. be looking at uh, hotel rooms in Houston. So That'd be fun. I'd be down for that. I I'm off. So take we'll off. Talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Right. Just text me. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been fun. Um, we'll see y'all next week.
Tighten up.